Welcome back, America. This is your podcast about your past and your cars, where American history and automotive history meet your history. Uh, CarsLove.com, this is to all the cars I've loved before, where you get to chat about cars that made a difference in your life. Could could have belonged to your parents, your, your first car, second car. Did your mentor, did your best friend drive a car? Did you have the best time in high school in this car? That's what we do. These are the conversations that we have. And I can't wait to introduce our very special guest today. Uh, I will uh, kick it over to my co-host, Mr. Doug. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. How are you doing? Anything in the automotive news today? Good morning, good afternoon. Only thing I saw is that Ford crushed their estimates and their reporting numbers, so they did really well. I haven't dug in to see where that is. Obviously, it's not in electric vehicles. As soon as they stop making the electric truck. Yep. Yeah. Well, they certainly cut back. So, yeah, Ford is uh, doing really good. It's probably F-150, like everything else that Ford makes. That's that's their baby. They Nobody does it better. Yep. And it could be some limitation on uh, now that the Cybertruck's come out and everybody's disappointed in it. They're like, ah, we're just going back to gas and diesel. And Ford's the one to go. Did you see that Hertz, I think this was a week or two ago, I can't remember if we talked about it, Hertz is selling it, most of its fleet of, of electric cars just going to flood the market because I rented an electric car last time I was up in your neck of the woods and was it was not a pleasing experience from an infrastructure perspective. So Hertz just is, is about to dump, I'm going to say, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands vehicles on the market. So, you know, uh, interesting times, early days in the EV realm. We'll see. So we move forward. I agree. Mass adoption, you know, just just imagine if you couldn't find a gas station, right? Back in the day, or there was no gas, right? We on the East Coast have experienced that. And that's when myself as an electric car owner didn't run into an issue. But on traveling, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. A lot a lot has to happen, certainly from early adopter standpoint. But hey, that's what America is about. We innovate, we regroup, we go back, we start podcasts. We invade. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, Christian, if you would introduce our wonderful guest today. Well, she goes further back into your past than mine, but I'm very pleased that we have Melissa, who is a tech executive from the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State. Welcome. How are you, Melissa? I'm great. Thank you. Not a tech executive, but that's okay. I'm currently a personal assistant, but I am. I also run my household, which is basically like being an executive. Domestic chief executive is how I would, is how I would say it is. But thank you so much for joining us and very pleased. And she is surrounded by her, her phalanx of gnomes that is her security detail. Everywhere she goes, she takes them with them to protect her from stalkers. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> and as you know, as, as is our one, as is our habit, we, we have people on and we talk about their first few cars. But it's really your bit of a fielder's choice as to what you want to do. You can talk about your last three cars, your first three cars, your folks' cars, cars that made a difference to you, a car you want to buy, and we will just kind of sit that at your feet. Could be a car you hated. Okay. Okay, well, I'll start with uh, my first car. Yay. I like that. Which 
was a 1988 Chrysler LeBaron hatchback turbo, and it was burgundy, and it had um, burgundy velour, not just cloth, like velour interior. Very nice. Mm -hmm. The story behind the car, so I got it when I was 16, which was not in 1988. It was, when was I 16? Whatever, 93, I guess. And my grandfather bought the car in 1988 with the intention of, because it was in his mind, like a super cool car that like. It is a super cool car. Well, yeah, but I mean, by, but it was really cool in 88, 93 wasn't so cool. And it was also burgundy and really ugly. Um, however, he thought it would be like the best, coolest car for me, for his granddaughter. My parents had no intention of getting me a car. So he bought the car with the intention to give to me after driving it for a few years. And he did. And it was, it was a car. Uh, my grandfather was pretty rough on the car before it got to me. So by the time it got to me, hmm. the, and it was not, I believe they only made these cars for like maybe one, two cycles hmm. because most of the LeBarons at that point were convertibles. This was not. I remember this. And it was also this yeah. turbo. Yeah. So just an example, like I would be driving down the street, I'd be at a, a light, a red light, and the car would just like shut off. <laughs> that was turbo. And so basically it said turbo like on the bumper, you know, in letters, mm -hmm. people at my high school, I mean, my nickname was turbo. I mean, it was a whole thing. Oh, really? Most of oh. the kids, by the time I, like I was kind of in a, my high school was sort of like a, um, I'm not, not a wealthy high school, but like a, upper middle class kind of thing. And so like a lot of like the cool popular kids had brand new like Ford probes or Honda Civics. And like, those were like the cool or little Toyota Corollas, like just cool new cars. 40 cars. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I, yeah. I came in with my turbo burgundy, um, turbo turbo. So it's interesting. Did your parents have any concerns about you having a car with a turbo? And if memory serves, I think it's still this way today. For young folks, cars that are faster, have a turbo, big V8, insurance costs more. I think back then, I don't think my mom, I, we're not honestly, like, mm -hmm. I love, I, I'm not such a, like a car person. Oh, yeah. So, and I wouldn't have complained. I was just happy to have a car. And I think my mom didn't even care. Like, it wasn't even like a thought. That's how I was. Yeah. yeah. So, I feel like it was funny. I mean, I think the funnier part about the fast car is that my grandfather was the one that drove it yeah. because it really was not a car that you would picture Papa, who's that's what we called him, Papa driving. Like it was like this little, it was just funny. And he was a tall guy and he's in smushed in this car. And I mean, I, I think he just did it because he thought I would love it. So, I, I mean, as far as fast, I, I mean, yes, it was definitely, it was like, you know, it would, it had some pickup. But like I said, it would turn off or like sometimes the door wouldn't open. I mean, it was a crazy car. And I, Doug, you did remind me that it did talk. Oh, my. Brings back those memories of uh, Ricardo Montalban doing those commercials. Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot about it, but it would say the door is ajar or blinker on. What kind of voice was it? Was it kind of an electronic voice? Was it a woman's voice? What is it a man's voice? Do you remember? I don't think it was super electronic-y, but I don't think it was a man either. I think it was just like a, you know, a standard voiceover kind of voice. It was kind of robotic woman 
voice. Robotic woman. It was definitely female. No. Oh, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't Kit from um. What do you call it? From wasn't that clean from Night Rider? But we we could all hope. And it, we couldn't have a conversation with it. It was not Siri. Okay. It didn't give me any information that was useful. <laughs> I just want to know why it called the door a jar. A door is a door. Oh, that's it's funny. not a jar. Good one. Not real. Those were the times when uh, it probably had some digital instruments as well. Yeah. Late eighties. And I was also like a big deal because mine was four door and a lot of my friends just had two door cars. So like having a four door was like a pretty, like it was a pretty cool deal. Plus it said turbo on it. So were you older than, did you drive before most of your friends? Were you the ones ferrying them? That was the big thing when I was a kid to kind of get us to 7-Eleven so we could pump quarters in the video games, get us to Winn-Dixie so we could just buy raw cookie dough and eat it out of each hand. I was mid-year. My birthday's in January. So as far as like the school year goes, so like I had some friends that were older than me, some friends that were younger than me. I do know. So back in the day, we had Dallas Mavericks tickets, season tickets. And it was like a big deal that I could drive. I could take a friend to the arena and like drive there. Wow. So yeah, but actually this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of a funny little tidbit. Also, Um, when I was learning to drive, my mom did not like me to drive with the radio on. So, um, and especially on the highway. So like when I would go and I was a really big rule follower. So like when I would take my friends to the Mavericks games, we would be driving and I would have to turn the radio off. We got on the highway and everybody made fun of me, but it was I was so worried about following directions. So I was radio off on the highway, drove in silence. Drove in silence. So what, why was your mom concerned about that? I'm, I've heard a similar story from my dad via my grandfather. I think just the, um, paying attention, you know, it's like the pre precursor to no texting and driving was like, if you're listening to the radio and there's, other people in the car and you're on the highway, like you're not going to be able to pay attention. So it was just funny. Yeah. My dad's view was, you know, if the song is fast, you're going to go faster to keep up with the song. So you can see that I was not a rule follower. So I just <laughs> listened to the radio anyway. So yeah, that was, that was turbo turbo, good old burgundy turbo. And so what happened to turbo? Oh, poor turbo. So turbo, when I went to college, I did not take my car my freshman year of college. So this would have been in 95, I guess, winter break and came home from college and turbo would not turn on. No matter what we did, we could not get turbo. Turbo went, Uh turbo took a tumble. So we ended up like selling, I think we looked, long story short, we ended up selling turbo, but it was basically like, please buy the car and get it out of our garage. How did you sell a car that wouldn't start? Turbo did not fare well. Yeah, okay. That's a feat. Yeah, that's a feat. I mean, someone came and like bought it and <laughs> carted it off, like in a, they trailed it off. Yeah. Yes. So that was that. Somebody wanted that. So she's out there somewhere, I, I guess, or she's in a junkyard. It's sad. But no, she's a cube of metal about of two feet <laughs> by three feet by two feet. Oh, it's been recycled into, it's been reborn as a like a toaster, or maybe. Who knows? Yeah. You could be using it at home right now for all you know. <laughs> 
And so then after that, my second car was a Jeep Cherokee. And it was a, it was like right around when like that Grand Cherokee came out, but mine was just the Jeep Cherokee. I think it was called a sport. And it was probably my favorite car I've ever had. And I still am sad that I don't have it, but it was kind of an emerald green. Oh, nice. And it had gray leather interior. And I got it my sophomore year of college. So that would have been 97. And it was the best. I loved it so much. And, you know, those cars have a cult following, not the Grand Cherokee, but the Cherokee. Yes. People, I have a friend who has a probably similar vintage, at least she used to, put 100,000 miles on it, never really had any problems. And she could get premium bucks for it if she hasn't sold it already. Because people, people love those cars, they and they are bulletproof. Jeep Cherokee, I think it is the XJ uh, internal name. Yeah, I loved that car so much. I felt so cool. Like everyone thought I like all my friends were jealous of my cool Jeep. I went to college in Ohio, so it was like a good driving around in the snow kind of car. And um, I, I had it. I only had it. I had it like maybe two and a half years, That's not three long. years until I graduated. Yeah. And then when I graduated, my it was leased. Oh. My dad had leased it. So when it was gra- when I graduated, he, <laughs> he took it away and I ended up with a, they, my parents bought me a different car for graduation, but it was, that was my favorite of all my cars. Yeah. It's a, that's a, a great vehicle and a good, good story. Did you ever go off-roading since it was a Jeep? Do you think I would go off? No. I'm not an off-roader. Yeah, rule follower. I'm an on-roader. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is tech, you know, Texas. People go off-roading. Wow. Didn't go off-roading, but I did definitely like it had a sunroof and nice. it had, you know, I'd like blast the music and nice. Yeah, Jeep people are definitely like Jeep people love other Jeep people. Jeep people love Jeeps. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jeeps, Jeeps have a following and a wave and yep. Yes. You know, it's a quintessential uh, American. We were talking about Ford F-150, Jeep, same same thing. Yeah. So speaking of, since we mentioned college and a little bit of high school, given you graduated college, I believe, 1995? No, that was I graduated high school. High yeah. school. Pardon me. Sorry. Yes. Got that totally wrong. I take that back. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Don't age me so that much. You, so for our listeners and you, the top selling car... In 1995, was Ford Taurus. Hey, unexpected. Those things were selling like crazy back then. That was... Yeah, everybody had one. We talked about Ford Escorts on a previous episode. Uh, Ford Taurus, yeah, same thing. Those were amazing cars. So it's funny, my brother, my older brother, my grandfather did the same thing with him um, and got him, got a car and then gave it to my brother, but it was a Ford Topaz. Ooh. The much... This, the younger and smaller sibling of the Taurus, and mm. probably not as popular. <laughs> and it was super dorky. So I think I really lucked out, honestly, even though I make fun of my turbo. Like the Topaz was like the dorkiest of all cars. Well, because his was gray and it had gray cloth interior. Yeah, you're, you've really stumbled on something brilliant. It, 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 think of all the cars and a product line for a manufacturer and, and, and cast them in terms of siblings. The overachiever, the sporty one, the the slow one, the dunce little brother. I think you're on to something here. I, I love it. 
There's a well, podcast happening right there. Or a there sitcom. Is, that's true. Yeah. Maybe my grandfather like knew that like my brother was more Topaz and I was more Chrysler LeBaron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it would be great if they sized you up at the dealership <laughs> and you said, I want to drive the sporty one. And the, you know, the sales guy's like, yeah, I don't think so. Take the Topaz. So it's interesting. That's an interesting thought. So it brings me to my current car, which is um, a Subaru Ascent. Please? And I've long... Okay. So let me just go back for a second. I love a station wagon. I've always loved station wagons. Right. Like I always wanted one. My dream is like a Volvo station wagon. Always. Like I just love them. And I've never had one. And so cut to like, I also love a good Subaru Outback. Love them. I just, they just, I feel like they're me. And, but I need that third row because I have kids. That's right. And because we travel from every summer, we go from Texas to Florida on a vacation. So, and we like to drive. Anyway, bring in the Subaru Ascent, which is like the perfect melding of my dream for the Subaru Outback, but also the third row SUV. So that's my current car. And I have to say, I feel for the first time, I feel like me in my car. Oh, no, wait a minute. I feel like I am a Subaru person. Now you lit up when you were talking about the, um, the Jeep, the Jeep, you just, you know, but the Jeep, I I know, but I feel like the Jeep was like an era. Yeah. Oh, Taylor Swift. That was my, that was my Jeep era. Yes. And then, you know, you go through like your chain, like you'd have this and you have that and then like this car. And um, I've been through a multitude of SUVs over the years, but I feel like I finally hit my like my sweet spot with my Subaru. Highly recommend. Nice. And what do you love about the Subaru besides the fact that it's a Subaru, which also has a very good cult following? Um, I just feel like it's it's just, you know, I'm not super like... I'm not super crunchy and like hippie, but I feel like <laughs> it's it's just a cool car. I don't feel like I have to keep it clean on the outside all the time if I don't want to. Like it doesn't say like, you know, people I, I've never been one to be like, oh, I need a Mercedes or I need a BMW or I need this. Like I just like a car that gets me to here from here to there, but also is like comfortable and looks good. And I just think it's a cool looking car. It just fits my personality. And I do think Subaru people, it's sort of like that Jeep people, like Subaru people, you know, you know, a Subaru person, maybe I'm not like the, you know, there's like a stereotype, obviously, like sort of the, um, I would say like Merrill tennis shoe, lesbian woman that lives in Vermont stereotype. That's not me, but I mean, not that it matters, but like, I think that's cool. Yeah, I was uh, I was blown away the first time I went to Vermont. Being a car guy, I saw Subarus everywhere. I'm like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's some kind of thing. And like people, yep. when they even when I first got it, they're like Subaru. You know, my friends would say like Subaru. I'm like, yeah, Melissa in a Subaru. Do you want to? Are you moving to Vermont? They don't have a factory up there. No, do I just they? I think it's just like a I think it's like a thing. Like people in Vermont like Subarus. Yep. Yeah, no, and they're people in Texas like their Ford F one fifties or they like their trucks. trucks. Yeah. yeah, it's like that where I am too. Yeah, so I don't know. I love my Subaru, and I mean, I'm really when I think about you know all the cars I've loved, I've loved pretty much all of my cars. I've only had one real lemon, so I'm really. I mean, I've had good luck. I think through the years. 
So would you see when the lease is up getting another Subaru? Yeah, I think so. I think I would get another one. Maybe a different one. Currently, she's, the one I have now is white with black leather interior, which I like. But I would like to get I – I like the white, but I would like to get like a maybe a brown interior, like a brown leather, tan leather. But it was at the time when I was getting that – like this one was bought during that crazy mayhem, you know, when there were like no cars anywhere. So right. I took what I could get. Yep. And you got to take what you could get and you pay a premium. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, it's really comfortable. My kids love it. Like, and my, I might, when I say kids, you know, my kids are 18 and 14. So they're, they're big kids, but there's enough room for everybody. Nice. Nice. Well, yep. And you feel safe in it, right? Subarus are known for safety as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Excellent. So I know it's not the most exciting, um, car history, but that's what I got. I don't know if you know, your Subaru has a turbo in it. Uh, well, it doesn't say turbo, but it does. So see, there you go. Turbo. We've gone full circle back to the turbo. We're back to Melissa Turbo. Circle of life. So are you disappointed that we didn't get to any true crime or that there's not been death mentioned in this conversation at all? Or really? A little bit. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I do definitely like, I would love to like, Put you know, I as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking wherever Turbo is out there, did she ever have you know a body carried in her back? We don't know. Hopefully not, but you never know. So, so for our listeners who don't know, right? You are a podcast. You're a friend of the pod. I think is the right term, right? Yeah, thank you. And you're and you are. We were chatting about it before the recording, but. You are big into podcasts. And what's your favorite type of podcast besides to all the cars I've loved before? I mean, definitely true crime. Am I allowed to shout okay. out other podcasts or no? Sure. Mm, we'll have to check with our legal. We just hired a couple of lawyers. Okay. Well, I would say this. Okay. I, li- I basically listen to podcasts that come, you know, that are like weekly that either talk about different cases or it's like, you know, like a multi-arc episode you know, eight week episode thing. I don't like, I'm not so into like podcasts that are like, you know, 12 episodes about one case and that's it. I like, I like, I like the change. Yeah. Why is it always the rule followers who are so interested in true crime? (laughs) You ever notice that? It's also weirdly, it's not only that, it's also like adult women, like in their forties. We all love like murder and yeah. like, like yeah. grisly, like kidnapping. Well, you all want to murder your husbands. I mean, that's clear. Or significant other uh, to open up the, the the field. But you know what? This might be a this might be a line of discussion for season two when we have you back, Melissa. Yeah, anytime. And I can when we when I the next time I can tell you about. Um, I'm going to do a teaser. Okay, please do for my next appearance. Um, I'll tell you about the brown bomb, which is. My family car. Oh, that when I was growing up. We haven't had that yet, but I thought when we started the podcast and we get tons of mail, snail mail, and regular hundreds and hundreds a day, and they say, you know, why don't people talk about family road trips that they took in their their cars? And you know, I want to talk about my folks' car, but um, so yeah, definitely. Maybe we can have. Maybe we'll do a season of family cars, and you can be episode one. I love it. 
I mean, because I think those are truly, I think that's the story. Those are the stories that are the best. Yes, that made us, that made America. Stuffing, stuffing 12 kids in a carpool in one car back in the, you know. And no seatbelts. Yeah, no seatbelts. Who cares? Seatbelts up. Good luck. Who cares? <laughs> you would just hang on to each other in the event something happened, like a barrel of monkeys, you know, and just keep each other like a tesseract or whatever the word is from bouncing around. Outstanding. It would be like a clown car that you would see at the circus, yeah, right? when the door opens and 4,000 kids run out. Yeah, people just keep coming out. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you. America. Thank you. America, say thank you to Melissa for her time and her insight and all of her wonderful storytelling. Thank you, Melissa. We're going to have to have you back. Thanks, guys. You very much enjoyed it. It was fun. Thank you. Yes. And if anybody else, how easy was it to be a guest? Can you tell uh, our millions of listeners? Totally. Like the easiest. There you go. Not a big deal. Right. Very fun. Right. Yeah. So easy. Even a caveman could do it. So America, this is your podcast about your cars. Uh, Check us out at carslove.com. You can see pictures of us, our guests, the cars, some ads that you could click on, which make us millions of dollars a year. I will pass the baton gently to the outstretched hand of my co-host who can close us out here. Thank you, Christian. Melissa, thank you so much for the honor of doing this podcast. I appreciate that it was so easy and uh, can't wait to have you back. My co-host mentioned our website, carslove.com, but you can find us on your favorite podcast platform to all the cars I've loved before. And if you have a question, if you have some thoughts, if you want to be on our show, back to the website, there is a intake form, as my friend would say, or a contact us, and there's a form. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Or get a Bitcoin and write your question on it in Sharpie and mail us the Bitcoin. We will accept that also. We get millions of those that a week. That would work too. Yeah. If you could get us a non-fungible uh, Bitcoin, that would be great. A token of appreciation. Thank you. Yes. All right. We're going to sign off. Thank you, America. Thank you, Melissa, Christian. Wonderful. See you next week with another brand new episode. To all the cars I've loved before. Before.